and welcome to Jumpstart Weekly, the weekly manga podcast where every week we read all the chapters of Shonen Jump on Viz's website, as well as another collected volume of manga. I'm your host, Jeremy. And I'm your host, Kevin. We read Bakuman Volume 12 as we go through this year, trying to read all of it, although there aren't quite enough months in the year. We're about halfway done, though. Yep. So we start off by talking about eight series from Shonen Jump that we talk about every week, as long well, as anything that's new in the magazine. What did you think of Shonen Jump this week, Kevin? I liked Shonen Jump. I didn't think this week was particularly amazing, but it was still a good week. I thought it was kind of a weak week, if you'll pardon the reuse of the word there. Mm-hmm. Excited that we're going to get another one on Friday. Yeah, that's nice. Can One Piece do it? One Piece is at the point where it it can't miss any more issues if it wants to make a thousand this year. Well, we'll see. Yeah. But we will start off with the brand new series, Build King, Chapter 1, Tonkachi and Renga. What did you think of Build King, Kevin? So, I liked Build King, but and I could not find the manga I was thinking of. I swear to God I have seen something similar to this before. Really? I, the art style strikes me as very similar to something that I could not put my finger on. It's I got mean, a real Dragon Quest vibe, but it's not quite that either with the eyes. Yeah, no, specifically a carpenter building houses. Now, it was not two carpenters being trained by the master, but I specifically remember reading, it might have just been a one-shot, of this, like, super carpenter who could build in- indestructible houses, and, like, that was the first thing that popped into my head, and then I spent, like, half an hour trying to find the manga I was thinking of and couldn't. Yeah, except for it's kind of not that. That's definitely no. sort of what's set up, but then the main character is just like, yes, but I suck at building houses and will just be a shonen guy, and I will be a metaphorical house. Yes. Which I found, honestly, way less interesting. I didn't dislike Build King. The art style, while, like, it's... Uncanny Valley is not the right word, but it's between Dragon Quest and something else, and I can't quite tell what else. And I think a lot of the character designs... Probably Toriko. Yeah, it does. It probably is Toriko. Well, it's because it's drawn by the guy who did Toriko. Ah, is it? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I don't like the character designs. It's come down to taste more than I think they're bad. Mm -hmm. And like I said, the main character doesn't strike me as super interesting, but the setting and the idea of like, oh, there are all these super you know, indestructible fortresses like the palace in the sky and the demon king's castle and someone has to build those is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so I I honestly really liked it. I know you said uh, you didn't, but I actually did like it. I I do agree with you the like I like the aspect of oh, well, I'll just build peace for the island rather than building a house. It's kind of like I I thought you'd kind of go with the building uh, actual house, but okay. Maybe that's what the other guy will do. I want something more like Food Wars, right? Where it's fighting monsters by building things that they can't attack, right? Yeah. That's what appeals to me more than the idea of this guy going out and fighting like Goku. Because he has an extending hammer. Yeah. And like I said, it's very Dragon Quest, which is, of course, very Dragon Ball. Because those are drawn by the same guy. Yeah. And that the initial one-shot that I had read was a lot more akin to that. Like, the dude makes an indestructible birdhouse, and when he's fighting, he's using, like, carpentry techniques. So he's, like, nailing stuff down with his hammer, and, you know, he builds, a indestruct- like I said, an indestructible birdhouse kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so maybe the other character will do stuff like that. Like, obviously not, you know, probably not do it instantaneously. Or maybe the main character will eventually get that kind of power. Like, I can build insta-forts. Yeah, I'm super interested in the setting. Like, there's a lot of potential here. I'm a lot more interested in it than stuff yeah. like our Blood Oath or Phantom Seer. I think there's meat on these bones. I just didn't like the way this first story went. And when a first chapter doesn't super strike you, usually that bodes ill for the series. Fair. Anything else you wanted to say on it? Nope. That brings us to My Hero Academia number 291, Thanks for Getting Strong. Which kind of, I don't want to say revels, but is very much a continuation of the previous chapter, which I wanted to be over faster, although I think it has a super strong ending. Yeah, I like the ending, and even before the final reveal, I really like how a bunch of the characters are like, crap, even if he's lying, 
like, we've already lost. Literally him just having this conversation, there's nothing we can do to stop it. Whereas I didn't like how overstated that was. I do like it thematically. I just think it's kind of obvious and inherent. And I would prefer to see that explored slowly. Rather than, you know, having a point of view character pointed out to us. Yeah. Although I do like it thematically. I like some of the end of her trying to be, like, in the past, a better father, apparently. And that is sort of clashes a little bit with what we know about him, but is an interesting wrinkle. And I really like that Shoto has to, like, take the lead because Endeavor is heroic BSODing. Yep. On the floor. And I love that he's like, yeah, and Hawks murdered Best Genus. And Best Genus is like, hi, I'm back. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> this uh, seems I- like the right time for me to make my entrance. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I also really like his, he's just got, like, he comes in with those, like, giant spools of fiber. Mm-hmm. And I really liked that aspect of, like, this is how Best Genus fights. Yeah, and it's super good timing. I also thought some of the Prownal structure was a bit weird, and, like, it was difficult to tell who was talking. Uh, not impossible, I just had to reread it. Gotcha. But, like I said, the, the ending is super strong, so I'm still pretty excited for this arc. I think it's going to end up being one of the good ones, even though I thought it started real slow, and it's had some pacing issues. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to say on it? Nope. That brings us to One Piece Chapter 995, Akunoichi's Oath, which I enjoyed a lot. It's kind of the opposite in that the first half was pretty interesting, but then the back half was kind of exactly what you'd expect from One Piece, and not necessarily in a bad way, but Mm -hmm. in a way that reads much better as a beat and a continuing story than as the one bit of One Piece we get this week. Yeah, the Nami thing just really got me. Like See, I know, and that's what I'm talking about. Where I'm like, like, and One Piece is strong, so it makes sense that it got you. Yeah, there are certainly bits like that have gotten me, and I love Ulti and Page One as villains. Like more of them, please. Yeah, it, it, it's just that when she says, "Okay, yeah, uh, you just say that Luffy will never be king of the pirates, and we're square." Like, there's only one thing that Nami can say to that. Yeah. Whereas the stuff with Marco and the Sulongs fighting Big Mom and Pressbro, I found more enjoyable yeah also like we have chopper's been infected with the isoni plague and he seems to have come to a realization about it Mm -hmm. which i liked also the shenanigans with brooks being like oh i'm completely immune huzzah (laughs) yeah usually those brook jokes get super old but this one actually did play well for me i think he's been he's been like spacing them out enough to where like I also think it may be a thing where the anime goes to that well a lot more often. If they just need to add a few minutes, like a minute. Yeah, because in the, in the manga, I don't think there's that many Brooks. It, I mean, like, right when he shows up, yeah, there's quite a lot of, like, hey, I'm just a bag of bones. Like, they play off the, how did you get healed so fast? Oh, I drank some milk kind of thing. But from what I remember of the manga, like, they, he paces them out enough that it's one of those, like, oh, yeah, that's right. That is, like... That's a thing he does. That's funny. Also, speaking of things they do, Usopp broke his skull again, which was pretty yep. funny. Those ulti headbutts are strong. Yes. Anything else you wanted to say on it? Even though it is kind of cliched, I like the girl coming in at the end, too, with her oh, pet dog. I, I did like that. And like I didn't even know she was here. I'm not sure if I've forgotten or if this is a reveal. But she did seem early on in the arc like she was going to be important, so it is cool to kind of bring her back. Yeah, I don't I don't think she was here. Like, I think this is a, you know, I came to help out kind of thing. And I know she is based on a Japanese fairy tale that all of the Wano arc is kind of based on, and she's based on the hero of that, uh-huh. with her powers specifically. So she could definitely play a big role. Yep. That brings us to Mashal Magic and Muscles, Chapter 39, Mash Burn Dead and the Victory Celebration. A title I swear we had like three chapters ago, but whatever. <laughs> what did you think of this chapter, Kevin? I thought this was okay, but kind of like a bit, I mean, obviously it's a bit of a letdown from the high of last week. It just feels like kind of a mess to me. A bunch of the jokes landed pretty well. In particular, yeah. like the Naruto guy being all bandaged. Like, a bunch of the jokes were funny, but they didn't, like, feed into the plot or anything. Yeah, that is a good way of putting it. 
because like I kind of felt that way as well. I was like, I like that part, but like, eh. And, and there ended up being a lot of exposition that I thought was kind of messy. Yeah, I'm. I guess it's kind of a. This is a good time to do it. Yeah, and I didn't like outright dislike it either, but I did find it pretty disappointing with the high Mashal's been writing for a while now. I still ended up liking it quite a lot, just with, like you said, some of the jokes landed pretty well, but I definitely, mm-hmm. compared to how I've been feeling with Mashal, but then again, that was like the conclusion of the arc. Yeah, and a pretty long arc too. Yeah, so it's like the conclusion of the arc generally tends to do well, like, yeah, that when you finish a, like, a story, that generally tends to happen. <laughs> I don't know that I have much more to say on it. Anything you want to add? Nope. That brings us to Chainsaw Man Chapter 93, You and Crappy Movies, which this chapter feels almost like a encapsulation of all of Chainsaw Man to me. Yeah. I do like the sort of thematic statement at the end where he asks Makima, hey, in your ideal world, would there still be bad movies? And she's like, no. And he's like, well, I guess I have to fight you then. But it yep. also felt like it moved to that confrontation way too fast. Yes. Like, I thought there was going to be another chapter of him building, like, you know, when he was like, oh, I still love her. I thought there was going to be a little bit more stuff going on in the middle. And then next chapter, we would run into the confrontation with her. Yeah. It left me with a very weird feeling, which is Super Chainsaw Man, right? Yeah. Like I said, I like the thematic statement it means, and like Chainsaw Man in many ways seems like a bad movie that is still enjoyable for certain moments. Yep. But if that's all we have to say on it, we can move on to We Never Learn, question 182, X equals the Queen of Thin Ice, part 5. What did you think of We Never Learn this week, Kevin? I really liked We Never Learn this week. I really liked the, again, the heartfelt thing at the end, like, you know, this is him being more forward, but I really liked her confessing at the end, I can't let anyone in. Yeah. And also, Miharu, her sister, showing up, like, that had to happen in this arc, and I kind of like the way it's done. I really like the beginning where she's like, oh, I hope he's not heartbroken, and then she immediately sees him being dragged out of his apartment by her sister. Yep, and he was like, that two-timing slut! I mean... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He really does just get all these dates all the time, like he said. Yep. It's also interesting to me that they like have a double school festival because it turns out that as a child he was at her school festival. Yep. And they we are holding hands uh, during the fireworks then both times. Yeah, that was a that was a cool thing. I liked it, but it felt like like I said like it had to happen and also it felt a little circular in that it kind of ends for the sa- at the same spot where the last chapter ended. I agree with you. I do like that emotional moment. But it feels like we just went in a circle, kind of? Sort of, except the ending here is with her. Yeah, that's true. As opposed to with him. I also liked, with the school festival thing, this is really the one where we've kind of seen, like, his inner monologue into, like, hey, Kirisu-sensei, I, like, realized I loved her back when she was my teacher, when she was off limits. So I had to... Uh And it was like, it was at that moment that I remembered when I was a little kid that she was like, oh, hey, if you meet up when we're, when you're an adult, we could go out then kind of thing. And mm-hmm. so he literally worked at, yeah, so I became, you know, I got really big into world history and I worked really hard to get a job here working with her mm-hmm. just so that I could be closer to her. I definitely liked the chapter, but it didn't have the same punches last week is I guess all I'm saying. Okay. Anything else you want to add on We Never Learned? Nope. That brings us to Dr. Sohn, Z equals 174, the specter of the Panama Canal. And the Panama Canal is just like weird serendipity coming up in like everything I do this week, which is very strange. Yeah, that's weird. Because I almost never think about the Panama Canal. But in this chapter, they decide to send a decoy towards the Panama Canal to try to get Stanley to follow it, because... Neither of them know if the canal is still operable or not. It's probably not, but neither of them know that for sure. Yep. So they send the mobile lab towards it with a super obvious radar cross-section. There's a pretty good One Piece reference from Taiju as he says goodbye to it. Yeah, that was... I love that. 
I literally made a note so that I wouldn't forget about it because I was like, yes, that is an excellent just like background reference, (laughs) super subtle with a cross on his hand. Yeah, just really good. And then they get rubber. (laughs) Yeah, it was a it was a pretty good chapter. Which seems like another place to make a One Piece reference, but... Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a pretty good Dr. Stone chapter. But you're definitely right. It's definitely got the Dr. Stone marks. Yeah. So, like, it was good. It wasn't as amazing as some of the... Like, the the aerial battle or some of the scenes with Stanley had been. But Mm -hmm. it was good. That brings us to Ayakashi Triangle Chapter 21, The Spirit of Harmony. It's not cancelled. What did you think of this chapter, Kevin? I liked it. So we do get the confirmation that he will go back to being a girl after this is done, essentially. Mm-hmm. And, and and I do like the idea that he survived because the the curse got eaten instead of like his own energy. So yep. and that's why he's a boy now. And like it's a pretty good shonen battle chapter. Although yeah. we were just talking about how the end of arcs get a boost, and this really. I don't want to say felt disappointing to me, because that's not accurate, but it wasn't nearly as exciting as the last couple of chapters have been. Like, the the write-up to this was much more ex- satisfying than the conclusion to me. But that has been the hallmark of Ayakashi Triangle. <laughs> You're not wrong! But, like, this has been the bi- the biggest arc. I've been asking for a bigger arc, and what I've meant is something like this, but you're not wrong! But, on the same note, while the write-up has been more interesting, this was still good. I still liked it. Yeah, definitely. Maybe this guy's just really good at starting arcs and just not that great at finishing them. Yeah, and he, he defeats the, the enemy by using a secret technique that he was never able to master before, which is fine, but I get a little lead-up to that would have made this even better. Like, if we had seen him attempt this technique and fail before. It's yeah. not something you have to have, especially for an earlier arc like this. But it would have added something, I think. I still did enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Well, and I also liked that him being a girl and, like, understanding more about hanging out with Suzu is what allowed him to master the technique. Like, he, it's, it's yeah. in his eternal monologue, but his grandfather was like, the reason you can't succeed at this technique is you're always out there to go kick an Ayakashi's ass when this technique requires patience and calmness of spirit which you don't have right now but him being forced to endure this hardship allowed him to gain a sense of that mm-hmm. like, like i said not bad but mm-hmm. i ayakashi triangle considers it like be great up until the end and then just sort of fumble over the finish line yeah but the refs say they got a touchdown even though clearly it was a fumble <laughs> There's a mixed metaphor for you. Last but not least, we have Hardboiled Cop and Dolphin Depth 19, Lies and Prophecies, which was fucking great. Yeah, this was amazing. I was just thinking, oh, we haven't had any Chaco for a while. It seems like we're diving into an arc. I'm like, no, we need this quick Chaco story first. Yep. Where she breaks her dad's coffee cup and her dad's like, oh, I should teach. And Lies, like, oh, no, it was... uh. This Dora, the Explorer XP that did it. Yep. Yeah. And he's like, well, I should teach her about lies, I guess. He's like, well, you, you need to give me details because I cup breaking is a serious crime. She'll probably get capital punishment. That's really bad. It's like, so you need to give me all the details. And she's like, well, she, she just yelled, kept yelling, what's up? And lying all the time and throwing things. And he's like, okay, I got to go find him. I got to call the chief. Well, I really like where he's like, she lied too? Oh no, that's a horrible offense. She'll probably spend 25 years in scampy jail. Yeah, so she gets so freaked out that she runs away from home, goes to Shark, and tells him what happened. He's like, oh, I I understand what happens because I am not a child. Let's go deal with that real quick. We'll go make sure everything's okay with your dad and everything. Well, I like, well, it's not, I like that he, like, gets an idea of what, Orpheus was trying to do and he was like you know so he kind of like plays along with it a little bit of well you know I've heard if you confess to the crime they'll probably reduce your sentence so let's go do that together kind of like yeah all right I understand what he was trying to do by teaching her a lesson here yeah but then when they get there her power has made it so that it actually has happened (laughs) yes 
which is amazing. And then, yes. so there's this giant, you know, Dora the Explorer XP yelling, what's up, and lying and being like, this cup is super soft. Oh, this table won't hurt at all when I bitch slap you with it. Yes. <laughs> She's also just swearing up a storm. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's really Some good. Some of the funniest stuff I've ever read in Shonen Jump. Legit. <laughs> Yeah, and the sequence at the end where she throws the table and both Orpheus and Shark block it, and like that heart-to-heart moment between Orpheus and Chaco is just great. Yeah, where he's like, I, I also lied. <laughs> well, I mean, she-, she breaks down, she's like, I'm sorry I broke your cup, I know it's not good to lie. He's like, I know, but I also lied, there's no such thing as scampy jail. <laughs> and she just has this look on her face like, <gasps> Yeah, it's very good. I think that about does it, though, for the chapters we talk about every week. Next up, we have Jump Card. Jump Card is the segment where we rank everything in Shonen Jump this week, from our least favorite up to our favorite. 19 chapters this week. So what did you have at number 19, Kevin? High School Family. Oh, okay. I mean, I didn't think it was great. Anything you want to say on it, or shall we just leave nope, that as just at my bottom. Yep. I have me and Roboco at 19. Um, there, there's stuff I liked about the end of it, but I found it just an absolute chore to read through. I agree with you. It went higher on my list, and I don't know why this made me laugh, but when Roboco is like, alright, this is my time to shine, and she goes to blow on the fire and just lights Gorilla on fire, that got me okay. for some reason. I, I was like, well, like, I laughed at that. We always talk about how the way humor is, so. Yep. What do you have at number 18? A Gravity Boys. Same. Yeah, the girl subplot is still kind of annoying. Yep, and not very funny. Yeah, and now they're all hitting on Chris again. Yep. Yeah, it's just, eh. Mm-hmm. Stop this place. Uh, what do you have at number 17? Me and Robico. Okay. I have our blood oath at 17. It just, like, it keeps refusing to pick a direction, and it keeps trying to get me to care about new things, and I don't care about any of them. Fair, I guess. What do you got at 16? I have Phantom Seer at 16. So, I was starting to like it, until right at the end. Yeah, it, I get what they're going for with the ending, but it is way overly convenient, isn't it? And feels rushed. Yeah, like, I think, and it's especially when she shows up and is like, oh, don't worry, I got this. Like, I think it would have made a lot more sense if, like, somehow that water phantom that she had would have been this thing's nemesis. So, like, it wasn't like, oh, don't worry, I suddenly learned how to use my powers, which this ending seems to imply. Instead, it was just like, oh, hey, by the way, I have your kryptonite over here. Yeah. That would have been a much more satisfying ending. Like, this sister set this up so the two of them have this thing happen. Like, okay, cool. But not, oh, don't worry, I've mastered my powers already in the (laughs) six panels that you've been on screen. I got high school family at 16. Okay. It's kind of nothing. But I didn't dislike it like everything I put below it. Fair. What do you have at 15? I have our Blood Oath at 15. I realize that our Blood Oath has kind of not been picking a direction, but I guess I just have this small hope that they will pick a direction with this new dude, who's kind of cliched for a villain, but... I mean, he seems like the villain that could be on their side after a minute. I don't know. I tend to like those guys, though, so I'm okay with it. I do, too. This one just seems like nothing to me. Mm Mm-hmm. I have Magu-chan at 15. I also didn't get much out of Magu-chan this week, to be entirely honest with you. I didn't think it was super funny. I mean, it it was fine Magu-chan shenanigans. I liked it more than High School Family, but it didn't get, like, a laugh out of me, or much more than a smile. Yeah, it's my number 14. I really liked the ending, where they go through all the workout, and then... I'm forgetting her name now, Rinko? Yeah. 
Mariko, okay. It's like, I still haven't lost any weight. And Mago-chan's like, well, yeah, you like grew in height. It kind of makes sense. It would actually be bad if you lost weight. Yeah. Eh. I have Mori King at 14. Okay. Because I actually laughed a bit at Mori King. Uh, specifically the like joke about them being giant statues. Yeah. It, it's more or less a nothing chapter that's kind of a parody of a training arc. But it got some laughs out of me, which put it above the rest of the uh, comedy stuff. Yeah, it's my number 13. I liked the moment where, like, cutting back to they have the butterfly guy being like, what did you do? He's like, am I a god? And then they cut to it afterwards, and he's like, what have I done? I'm a monster. Like, I just loved the the roller coaster that guy had. Like you said, it's yeah. a parody of the training thing, where in this case, the master has no idea what he's doing. Yeah. I actually have Mashal at 13. Okay. I, I Again, I thought the jokes were pretty funny, which is why it kind of ended up on the comedy block and on, on top of it, but I didn't think it did anything else, and they weren't, like, super good jokes. They were just worth laughing at. Fair. What do you have in number 12? I have Undead and Luck at number 12. Same. It was fine. There's some cool stuff going to be going on here, but nothing amazing, so, like, good job. Yeah. And the author character is starting to grade on me a little bit, but there's well, certainly things I like. They probably won't be here for a while. <laughs> True. What do you have at 11? I have Chainsaw Man at 11. It's just that super weird, like, that. this was one that, that was just kind of weird to feel about. Because I was like, like you said, I liked the themes in it, but I feel like the confrontation was rushed, so I didn't. And I like I liked the confrontation too. I was just like I kind of would have liked a little bit. Like it almost feels like there was literally a page missing when he's like, "I still love Makima," and then he's suddenly taken the form of Chainsaw Man somehow and is there. Well, yeah. I guess we know how, but probably pulled the ripcord. Yeah. Well, that it's he's still Denji just in his chainsaw yeah. form because we've seen Chainsaw Man actually has more chainsaws and has the weird umbilical cord wrapped around his neck. Yeah. I have Phantom Seer at 11. Okay. I kind of appreciate what it's going for. I like the idea. I agree with you. It's super, super rushed, and the ending could use more. But also, Phantom Seer is in a place where it's almost certainly on the chopping block, right? So it's got to hurry. Yeah. And I do sympathize with it for that a little bit. And this is what I want the series to be. So we're moving in that direction, at least. I certainly think it was better than last week's chapter. Yeah. What do you have at number 10? I have Dr. Stone at number 10. Good chapter, Dr. Stone. I like the One Piece reference. So, and ended up here. I got Chainsaw Man at 10. Nothing more okay. to add than what you said. What do you have at number 9? I have Mashal at number 9. Like I said, I liked... I'm still writing the I'm enjoying Mashal, and I liked yeah. some of the jokes on this, so I still enjoyed reading it, and I'm looking forward to what's going to happen next. Uh, nine is where I slotted in Built King. Like I said, the okay. setting and premise have potential, but the story itself in here did kind of nothing for me. Fair. What do you have at number eight? I have Mission Yosakura at number eight. Same. I liked it. I like the Futaba. Is that the younger sister yeah. that picked him up? Yep. Okay. Uh, when she shows up and they like go catch him and the guy's running away and she's like, I'm just here to pick up my little brother. Like, you, you can get away with her, I guess. Th there'll be future conflicts. Bye. Yeah, you can leave now. I'm here to pick up my little brother, not fight you. It had some emotion good emotional moments at the beginning. Like, with him, you know, she. I'm assuming she's dead. But him talking to her and kind of booing her spirits. Yeah. Uh, what do you have at number seven? I build King at number seven. The, like... I, I did kind of like it. I do agree with you. It's a a little weird on the story part, but like you said, the setting is super interesting. Um, yeah. After finding out that it was written by the guy who did Toriko, that made, like, the weird island makes a whole lot more sense, because, like, that's what he did a lot with Toriko, from what it, I know. It doesn't surprise me at all to learn that. It also, like, it's a Hunter Hunter vibe, too, where you have these, like, and even One Piece, that's where you true. have these, like, weird islands... You know, like, oh, this is the bug island. I got Jujutsu Kaisen at 7. Okay. Not sure where you put it. It's a very weird chapter of Jujutsu Kaisen. It's very meta in its humor. 
It really, really got me. But Jujutsu Kaisen can never do this again and get the same returns. And really, like, no series can do it for a couple weeks or a couple months. But with this, like, we didn't miss the deadline. We just didn't want to draw backgrounds this week. Look at this panel structure. It takes up all the space. I definitely love the... All right, so let's see where we're going on vacation. Beach, field of snow. Uh, What was the other one? I don't remember. They're like, it's all so easy to draw. <laughs> yeah. It was my number six. Like you said, I really appreciated the meta humor in it. And the, you know, silliness of like, they take the splash page that literally takes up the entire page. Yeah. And like, with black ink at the edges kind of thing. I got Dr. Stone at six. Okay. I didn't think it was a great Dr. Stone, but it was a pretty good one. So I wanted to put it above that Jujutsu Kaisen chapter. And sure. the One Piece reference, pretty funny. Yep. What do you get at number five? I have my hero at number five. Like you said, it is a little bit of reveling in the, haha, I'm still, you know, Ibutabi's, I'm Endeavor's son. Uh, but best gene is showing up at the end is pretty great. I got Ayakashi Triangle at five. Okay. Again, I just didn't think it sucked the landing. It was still pretty good. That's fair. Uh, what do you have at number four? I have Ayakashi Triangle at number four. I, I enjoyed it, so it went here. I got We Never Learn at four. Like I said, it just felt like I enjoyed it, certainly. Miharu is a character I actually like a lot, but it didn't have really any surprises for me. And we do feel like we ended in more or less the same spot as last week. Fair. What do you have at number three? I have One Piece at number three. Really same. liked. Yep, really liked it. I still really liked the Nami bit. So I thought it was a pretty good chapter. I, again, not super amazing One Piece, but very good One Piece, which it just tends to put out most of the time. Yeah. What do you have at number two? Have we never learned at number two? I I really liked it. The, like, oh, when you get older, let's date kind of thing is a story from kind of the that young boy's perspective. A lot of the time they meet the nice older girl who sometimes jokingly tells them, oh, well, you know, we can, we can date when you're actually a man. Yeah. And so it just kind of got me. I got my hero at number two. I really okay. like the best genus reveal at the end. It's a good hope spot. And like I said, I didn't think it was a super strong issue of Shonen Jump, so mm -hmm. nothing really beat that feeling, except for Hardboiled Cop and Dolphin, which was so goddamn funny. Yes. It was funny. I loved the heartfelt moments. Yeah. I love the moment where she, like, runs to Shark and she's like, I might yeah. be arrested. He was like, did she forget I'm also a cop? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really like her relationship with uh, Shark. Like, and, yeah. and her dad, too, of course, but, like. Yeah, like I like they're together. It's great. It's super great. You know, I I love when she showed up and she's like, "My dad's like a super cop." There's no way, like, he'll be able to tell immediately that I was lying and that I broke the cup. And Shark yeah. just immediately plays along with it. He's like, "Okay, well, I mean, I've heard if you confess to the crimes, it can lessen your sentence." Yeah, yeah, it it all super works. Yeah, well, and like I love that Orpheus is like, well. I could, you know, scold her right now, but I need to teach her a lesson about lies. And it, like, turns out to be something extremely valuable for Chaco to learn. Because yeah. her lies become truth. Mm -hmm. Anything else you want to say? Or anything else you have to say on uh, anything Hardboard? we read this no, week? No, I'm good. All right. Well, as I said earlier, we read Pokemon Volume 12, and we will talk about that after the break. All right, we read Bakuman Volume 12. What do you think of this one, Kevin? Still loving Bakuman. I love the a lot of the conflict in this. Like, it's always nice to come back to like, yes, more Bakuman, and just keep going. I like the new... I guess he's not new, but I like the their assistant, that I yeah. can't remember his name now, getting the manga. Shiratori. Okay. I was just going to say, this, since, you know, I spoiled myself and read all of Bakuman. This volume is kind of tricky to talk about. Certainly, I like the story that it tells. It is kind of interesting in that 
it's more like an American volume in that it kind of does tell its own story, right? Of Shiratori getting his manga, and that's not concluded because it is still obviously an ongoing part of the plot. Yeah. And it is very clearly leading into future conflict. And like I said, it, it's tricky to talk about without uh, going into... To spoilers. Spoilers, yeah. Like, even... Not light spoilers, but, like, stuff about Bakuman as a whole. But certainly I did enjoy rereading it. Mm-hmm. We kind of also... We talked about how last week was really Iwase's volume, but that continues on here with her crying when PCP beats her, even though it had to in order to stay in the magazine. Yeah. And that's really what the first part of it is concerned with. They're continuing to need to beat plus natural or crow in order to stay in Shonen Jump or PCP will be canceled. Yep. And it's just, I'm kind of putting the finishing touches on their arc and them realizing, Oh, we can apply our real life stuff to this. Yeah. Like I've been writing a catchy as a villain, but clearly he's edgy and he's just their rival that pushes them on. Yep. Yeah. So I really like, and it was literally, he was like, I had to change basically the last five panels worth of story in order to completely change his character. And I really like that moment of, uh, well, I kind of been playing him as the villain, but really he just needed to be the antagonist. Mm-hmm. And that leads into them finding out that PCP is going to get a drama CD. And she's like, so do you have any requests for voice actors or stuff like that? And like, oh yeah. And I, there's like some top tier flirting where, uh, uh, Miho finds out about the part and she texts him like, guess what? Uh, Ashigori-sensei requested me for to play a character in this manga. And he's like, ah, oh, that Ashigori-sensei has good taste, huh? Yes. There's also some later some really great stuff between, can't think of her name, uh, Kaya and Takagi, where he's like typing without looking. Yes, that was, I really did like that, where she's like, how are you doing that, typing without looking? Uh, I've always been able to do that, and I just love, there's, you like, your clack, 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 boing, and then the yes. end of the chapter is the heart. I really loved that moment. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, it's super cute. But they also find out that PCP will probably never become an anime, because if it did, the manga would have to end. <laughs> the manga Bakuman, not the manga PCP. Uh, well, like, knowing that the the manga continues, but like I could see even though like technically it's not over, but I like that they're cause before we get told that they will probably never be an anime. We see that the editor has gotten some anime requests for PCP proposals. Yes. Proposals. Yes, we did. Sorry. So it leads me to, since, you know, I can, I can do some speculation here that Hattori is probably telling them, Hey, you probably won't get it even though they're already getting proposals. So it makes me wonder. Cause like the reason he explains is uh, because of the crimes and he's like, no, yes, you guys are obviously not telling kids to commit crimes, but there's a lot of parents, which this totally makes sense. I don't want my kids trying to do that. And <clears throat> in Shonen jump, it's impossible for someone to learn how to do the gum gum pistol. Now they might run around punching people in the face, but you know, a lot of the fantastical shonen scenes are impossible to do versus Perfect Crime Party. The thing it has going for it is it has a bunch of realism. Now, these kids are committing harmless pranks, but there's still a lot of parents that are writing in, I don't want my kid replicating this. And the issue with PCP is it's actually very easy to replicate. So an anime would be even worse. And I love that this conversation is right after they see some kids outside just playing like PCP. Yeah hit a sandbox. I love that Kaya goes over them. It's like, oh my god, you're all such good kids. Yep, and all of them are just like, who's this lady? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he's like, yeah, so it'll be super hard to get a sponsor because of that, so it'll probably never be an anime, so like, just focus on making a good manga. And I love that uh, Takagi's like, stepping up and like, no, we have to get an anime, I have to change it. And Mashiro is like, no, calm down. Like, uh, Hattori's right. And But he yeah. won't let Takagi tell Hattori why they want it to be an anime. Yeah, he won't let him tell him that. I have to speculate on Hattori's telling them to kind of hide the fact that they've gotten proposals about the anime. Because it does make sense that it would be very hard to necessarily get that. But I think he wants them to keep working on the manga. Yeah. Regardless of what's happening. 
Oh, and even the editor, when uh, we see that he's gotten proposals, he's like, why are they always submitting these so early? Yeah. Like, it is not the time yet. Yeah, so I'm thinking there's some aspect of that. Like, they keep telling him it probably won't get an anime. I personally love Edgy's reaction to that, uh, his editor telling him that. I was like, it probably won't get an anime. And Edgy's like, what? Why? It's so good. (laughs) Yeah. It's the one thing Edgy doesn't prophetically know about, is how to get an anime. He only knows manga-related Yeah, he only knows manga-related stuff. He doesn't know anything about anime. <laughs> Just that Crow is one, and plus Natural is one. Well, yes, they got anime, but he doesn't understand how to get them. He just wrote good yeah. manga. Yeah. But I do like a lot of the talk about the anime, so, like, they're really pushing for an anime. And Atori's like, why? Shouldn't you just be excited to have a good manga? And it, they don't want to tell him the reason. But he's like, most well, of the... T- I think like, Takagi does. Mashiro has to cut him off. Yeah, Takagi does want to tell him the reason. And I kind of want to... Like, I understand Mashiro's trying to be very quiet about it. And it's super personal. So I understand why he doesn't want to tell Hattori about it. But I kind of understand Takagi being like, no, like, we've got a reason beyond we want an anime. Like, I would be totally fine writing a manga that never got an anime, except for the f- except for this one fact. Yeah. That Mashiro will never be able to marry his bride without one. Because <laughs> they're dumb and stubborn. Yep. Yeah, so that transitions into what is the plot for the majority of the rest of the volume with Shiratori, their assistant, who is like, yeah, I don't really want to do manga. Like, starting to get interested. Yep. When he's just kind of overhearing them talking about it and saying, like, oh, no, you'd be really good at it. And we find out that his home life is kind of not great. He's from a super rich family, and his mom is just real dismissive of him. Yeah. And she doesn't want him working on an unbecoming job like manga. Yeah. And he's like, I just want to draw and hang out with my dogs, Peace, who's the only person who loves me, which really gave me... Have you read any Spy X Family? Uh, yes, I have. I, yeah. Okay. I, I, didn't, I didn't make that connection when I read it the first it time. It gave me yeah. really big vibes for Bondo, I think is his name. Yeah, it's a very similar dog. Yeah, like, big, huge dog. Now, in that one, like, especially with the manga where it's like, yeah, the uh, the boy can read the dog's mind, or the dog can read the boy's mind. In the one sense of, in Spike's family, it's the girl reading the dog's mind. But I still really like that. I was like, oh, yeah, that kind of, like, I like that dynamic going on there. So he shows the storyboards to Takagi, and he's like, ah, oh, these are good, but you need to change these things and change these things. And they revise it a bunch of times, and they're like, yeah, we should show it to Hattori. And like, and our other assistant, who actually wants to do manga, we can show him his too, even though we think they're kind of bad. And I love that Hattori immediately's like, nah, this sucks. Sorry. But then, uh... It's not just that no, it no. sucks. He's like, you're kind of getting too preachy, which is what I feel like can happen with some of those authors. TV Trips has an excellent name for it that I, I can't remember, where the author will literally just suddenly slap you in the face with this is what I think, like, let me get on my soapbox and slap you with my my ideals, as opposed to, like, continuing with the story that you had going on. And so that's his big thing. He's like, eh, you're trying to, like, make art to preach to people, and that's not what manga is about. But he's like, actually, but Shatura Tori, like, yours is amazing for, like, a first-time work. And they're like, actually, like, uh, Takaki looked over it a bunch. He's like, ah, oh, no, I, now that you say that, that's obvious. Yeah. It's like, well, we could run this, but we'd have to credit him as the writer. Yep. Which creates a conflict because it's like, no, it wouldn't be Yashigura sensei. It would just be him. But Master's like, no, nah, you should do it. Like, like I want Shiratori to succeed. Yeah. Even then, he's got like a little bit of internal thing of like, yes, I want, you know, clearly, yes, I want my friend to have this nice job, but I kind of feel bad at the same time that like he seems to be doing well and i'm not kind of thing the storytelling done with just mashiro's faces and reactions and how subtle they are are amazing it no yeah that is so fantastic all of his internal conflict is expressed because it's just in his face because he never says a word of it in dialogue yeah and he's trying to get draw faster once he finds out pcp will probably never be an anime so they can do two series at once because he's like edgy can do two series at once and like we're two people and yeah, he only writes one of them, but I would be writing none of them. So yep. he, he's trying to get fast enough that he can do two. 
And I love that Kaya is like, hey, you know that Mashiro would never tell you if that bothered him, right? Like, you gotta be sure. Like, if he, I'm yeah. sure he keeps telling you, yeah, do it. It'll be great. Because that's who he is. Yeah, and I really like Takagi is like, you know what? You're right. That is exactly who he is. I'm sorry I was, like, almost apologizing to her of, like, I'm sorry I was being so stupid about it. And then... And their next interaction, Takagi's really trying to be like, no, like, seriously, are you sure about this? Because are you just being you, where you're just going along with whatever everybody says? Mm-hmm. And I love that bike scene, like, because they're just, like, as they're biking faster and faster and talking louder and louder, again, it's just visual storytelling with the exertion mm-hmm. on them. Where Master's like, yeah, I, I think I want to try my own series, like, you're writing this, I want to try drawing on my own, like it's all for Ashigori sensei. Like when we come back together, we'll be even better. Yep. Yeah. It's super strong stuff, which is, you know, sort of compounded by the growing conflict for Shiratori. When his mom is like, yeah, you have to either, you know, quit your job or remove or sending you to Paris. Yep. And he basically runs away from home. I love that. His sister's like, no, at least take one of my credit cards. Like you'll be fine. And he's like, no, like, I got to do this. Like, there's no point if I can't support myself. There's no point if I can't do it on my own. Yeah, I have money saved up for my job, so I might as well. And Kaya's convenient real estate dad comes in and just looks like, here. Yes. Well, I like that he spends five days living in a park before. Yeah. Well, I think as he spends four days and Kaya's like, um, so I noticed that he kind of like smells bad and his hair is really greasy. And normally he smells really nice because, you know, his family is rich and they probably have, like, you know, nice amenities. But both of the two of them are like, hey, he's probably just not sleeping well, right? And then the next day they're like, wait, he's wearing the exact same thing he wore yesterday and he smells even worse. We need to have an intervention here. Yeah. They get him set up with a place, which is when his, you know, family barges into the studio, like, demanding he come out. Which is when, like, Mashiro gets super fired up. Because this is after, you know, he's been told he's good enough to have a series, and Takagi's, like, debating if he wants to be the writer or not. And Master's like, no, do it. Show these people, like, what's up. Well, especially with his mom being, like, being a mon- like walking into a manga artist studio and being like, your job is terrible, you guys suck. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my god, have you not read any of Bakuman? Like, it's so hard. It's so much work. And also, yep. Edgy is the best. I couldn't be Edgy's rival if I wasn't doing manga. Yep. I, I also love... Uh, that, like, his dad is actually kind of into Shonen Jump, though. Yeah. And he's like, I do like, oh, man, my son wrote this? I haven't picked one up in a while. And you, I was like, I, I've fallen a bit behind on Shonen Jump, and his daughter's like, you're 46! I will still yeah. probably be reading Shonen Jump when I'm 46. Yeah. And I love that she's like, yeah, I secretly read all of Roni Kenshin in Slam Junk. I've got to pull out and, the clutch Slam Dunk quote. Yeah. I really like that, with the one editor being like, <gasps> Slam Dunk quote! <laughs> yeah, which is a good quote, by the way. Which is the game is uh, the when or no, it's something along the lines of like the game is over only when you give up. Yeah, it's like only when you've given up is when the game is truly over. Me and Roboco recently quoted it because that's what me and Roboco does. Yeah, <laughs> there were Hunter Hunter quotes in this last one, and it uh, yeah that that bothered like. When it parodies stuff that I really enjoy, it almost irks me more. <laughs> but anyway, so that sends Takagi to doing this writing for both these series. Meanwhile, Otter 11 is on break forever. Yep. And so is Time of Greenery. So they're going to have a super contest where a bunch of one-shots are in it. And Edgy's like, I'm doing one. Noasi's like, get me a goddamn artist. I am also doing one. And Mashiro's like, yes, this is exactly what I wanted to do. Like, well, I have time oh- for a one-shot. Yeah, well, when Awase finds out that Takagi's writing another story, that when she's like, you know, get me in this thing now. And I like that um, a bunch of them are like, I demand to be in this thing. But the editorial staff were like, yeah, we have two of seven contestants, so we have a couple of extra slots. And now all of a sudden we have all these people scrabbling like, put me in. Yeah, that's pretty much where it ends with Takagi being like, no, I can write it. Like, it should be a, an Ashigori work. Like, I can fit in a one-shot and write two series. Like, you're drawing. I can do it. I promise. Yeah, Yeah, very good. Yeah. Like I said, it's a little hard to talk about it as a whole without getting into the whole of Bakuman. And that's fair. Which I don't want to do at this point. So do you have any, like, general impressions so that we've gotten through it kind of beat by beat? 
I really like the, again, conflicts. Like, I like at one point that I don't remember who it is, but somebody, they're talking about, oh, yeah, Takagi's writing this other story. It's one of the assistants. It's like, Takagi's writing this other story, and Mashiro's looking at doing his own series, and they're talking to somebody else, and like, what, do they hate each other or something? Like, no, not at all. Like, they're they're trying to push one another kind of thing, and I like that clash that Takagi and Mashiro kind of tend to have sometimes. Like, we've had this a couple of times where they kind of have to, they sort of go their own separate ways, but then come back. Yeah. And so I, I really like that. The, the I'll call it the side story, even though it's the main crux of the, I like Shiatori's little arc here, where it's like, I really liked the, and this gave me a big Time Paradox Ghostwriter vibes, where he was like, you know, initially I just like drawing, but manga is art that anyone can enjoy, because there's a lot of talk about, like, expensive art and stuff like this, like, I love this painting, I come to see it all the time, but Grandfather locked in this room so nobody but us can ever see it, versus manga is something, it's cheap art that everyone can enjoy. And so I really liked that aspect of it, which gave me that time paradox vibe of I want to make a story that everyone can enjoy. And so I like that's why he became a manga or that's why he was like, I'm going to become a manga artist. Yeah, And talking about Mashiro a little bit more, I super love, like we said, there's so much storytelling done in just his facial expressions because he's quiet. But I also mm-hmm. love like that he how legitimately conflicted he is and he gets swept up when the mother comes in and tells him basically his job is crap. He's like, no, Takagi, fucking do it. Yep. Like, I was just saying do it before, but now actually do it. Yeah, we gotta stick it to this bitch. Yeah. Yeah, a- any other final thoughts? Ooh, I do love the moment where Chitori tells Mashiro that, oh, I only do, like, a rough outline before I ink, and that gives him a little hint onto how he can speed up his drawing. Cause he was like, normally I do a full pencil sketch and then trace over that for the inking. But, but he's got, I love how he has to like incorporate that though, because at first, like it creates a drop in quality, but then he's like, but Takagi's like, yeah, but her hair looks better actually in the faster version. Yeah. And so I like, and you know, clearly this is setting stuff up for later, but I like that little aspect of he's like, all right, cool, I can do this in half the time, but now there's this drop in quality. But I do like that Takagi's like, well, her hair looks better. And so it makes him start thinking, okay, well, maybe, like, my thought is he's not going to do just a rough outline, but it's like, I don't have to pencil the whole thing. Like, I can skip the hairlines until I'm actually inking the thing, and I can skip some other things to, like, shave time off because he's been timing himself the whole time. He's like, the fastest I can get it down to is five days. And if I want to do two series, I need to cut that down to two and a half days. So that I could, or not, not two and a half days, three but days. I'd have to cut it three down to uh, three days so that I could get both chapters done in a week. All right. If you don't have anything else to say, I think that just leaves us with personality power level. Yep. Vegeta, what does the scouter say about his power level? Personality Power Level is a segment where we rank manga characters from best to worst. At the very top is Uzumaki Naruto. I bet he could write a decent manga. At the very bottom is that guy who's not even Yamcha from that time I got reincarnated as Yamcha. And dead in the center, we have Tenya Ida from My Hero Academia and Tomura Shigaraki from the same. Do we need to move anyone from Bakuman? Mashiro is the only character that I really think maybe we would. Who is currently at number 12. I don't think so. I mean, just hearing the number makes it seem like that's too low for him, but... Uh, Emma from Promise Neverland is right above him. Yeah, I think he's still fine where he is, because I think we both loved him from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And nothing in this chapter, or in this volume, has been, like, enough to, like, shift my perspective. It's not, like, edgy where I keep... You know, we keep moving him up, going like, okay, no, he did this thing that was great. Like, yes, of course, Mashiro was doing excellent things this volume, but nothing, like, spoke to me of, no, he should he should move up. Yeah, okay. So who do we want to add? Probably Shiatori. Yeah, that makes the most sense to me as well. He's definitely not as good as Mashiro or no. Takagi. Mm-mm. I don't like him as much as Ko Aoki. Fair. Got a similar place in the story, but I don't think that high. Or, or, or Hato- Hitori. No. 
I would put him below Owase. Fair. She's had a lot of stuff her last chapter. I would also put him below Fakuda. Okay. So then we have the other Hattori, who is Edgy's editor. Honestly, I'd put him below him as well. Eh. Do you, you want to argue for above, or...? No, I can see that. I, I just had to think about it for a little bit. I think we're gotcha. starting to get close, because I do like I do like him as a character. Yeah. I like his home situation, where it's the uh, classic first world problems. Next we have Hiramaru, the writer of Otter 11. I, I think below him as well. Even Fair, though we only yeah. check in with him for like two pages every volume. And the lowest character from Bakuman we have is Goro Mirura, their second editor, and I think I like his arc more than Shiratori's, to be honest. Fair. Right below him we have Ida from My Hero. I, I would tend to put him below Ida, I think. Yeah. The next kind of supporting character we have is Genos from One Punch Man, and I would put him above him, but you're yeah. more the uh, One Punch Man. Yeah, I'd put him above Genos. As much as I love Genos, I do like uh, Shiatori. Uh, I, I passed over Domon from Flame of Rekka. I'd probably put him above Domon. Yeah. I think I like him more than Puck from Berserk. What do you think? Yeah. I don't think I like him as much as Rita Vratoski from All You Need Is Kill. Fair. Okay. So that puts him at number 56 above Puck and below Rita. Shun Shiratori. Dog guy, so I remember who he is. <laughs> All right. And that will do it for Jumpstart Weekly next week. Next week, since Kevin wanted to explore non-manga forms of comics, and I am incredibly basic, and I have talked before about how I really like superhero comics, but I kind of only have room in my heart and my life for either shonen and, uh, stuff or superhero stuff. So we're mm -hmm. going to read my favorite superhero comic, Batman R.I.P. And I will not say anything more about it, because I don't want to color Kevin. Fair. All right. Our opening theme is Fighting Against One's Will by Midair Machine. Our closing theme is A Psychic Fistfight by Tom W. Emerit. Other music on the show is by Spectacular Sound Productions, and our album art is by Kate Wind on DeviantArt. www.lastpodcast.com is our website, where you can find our other podcasts, including It's a Gundam. We are unable to record that right now due to world circumstances, so the episodes where Kevin and I talk about Gundam Wing are going up in the public feed right now. If you want to hear us talk about something that's very close to, but not actually manga. Mm -hmm. Anything you want to plug this week, Kevin? So I wanted to ask a question. Have you been reading Kaiju number eight? No, I keep meaning to, but I, I have not had much like energy slash time for comics other than what we read every week. Gotcha. Uh, is this a recommendation? Is yes. this a... Yeah, this okay. is a part of me is like, I kind of want to talk about it. So one of the things I like is Kaiju Number 8 has stated right off the bat that they will only be publishing three chapters a month. So every four, every fourth week, they take a break. They've been doing that with a lot of the um, Stone and Jump Plus stuff, because yeah. now Spy X Family is officially every other week as well, and I believe one or two of the other ones as well. Yeah, so I just like that right off the bat, the author was like, yeah, I'm just going to be taking like this approach so that I can, you know, maintain my health. And when the cool thing they do is on the week that they don't have the chapter, they have a variant covers for the previous three chapters, like variant color covers. So there's at least some art on that day. Mm -hmm. Which is something that, what's it called? Hell's Paradise does when it misses a chapter. Yeah, they have that but variant yeah. art cover on the week that they're not airing. It seems like the Shonen Jump Plus stuff is starting to do some interesting stuff like that, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would recommend reading it, and it's something I would like to talk about on the show. So, if you do cut up, let me know. I will. All right. So there's a good recommendation for everybody. Until next week, stay safe, and we will catch you next time.
Palestine.